In today's episode, we explore big picture thinking, what it is, why it matters, and how nonprofit boards can increase their big picture thinking to better achieve their mission. Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And you know, I've just completed a month full of board training. It's been so awesome, Sarah, listening to all these board members. There, it's it's great. Everyone's excited to start a year. Oh my God, yes! And they're meeting again, which is even more exciting. But there's one aspect of the conversation that I keep having with board members, and I think it's a really important conversation to have. And it just is is a place of struggle. It's just they're having a hard time breaking through it. And I just I want to talk about it. I wanted to see if we could explore why this topic is so hard and how we might help. Ooh, I'm intrigued. What's the topic? So here's the topic. I really appreciate the three ways of thinking that Kathy Trower shares in her book, Governance as Leadership. These three ways are fiduciary, strategic, and generative. So fiduciary is oversight. Strategic is foresight. We all know strategic planning. And generative is insight. And that, another way to think of it, is just big picture thinking. It's big picture thinking that pushes us to think outside of quick solutions. And it's this big picture thinking that is so hard to do. Well, yeah, and I think it's hard to do um, because nonprofit people are doers, right? We're used to getting in there and making something happen. So why would we spend time thinking about a bigger context or bigger picture? I think you're so right. And it is, it's harder. I mean, honestly, it's harder. Not only are we doers, but we tend to be working quickly and working, you know, kind of in autopilot sometimes. And big picture thinking is harder. There are no easy solutions. And honestly, it takes a lot of courage to go there. And, you know, nonprofit people are the most courageous people I know. So I'm not saying that that they're not courageous. I'm saying it takes time to pause and to really make space for it. Yeah. And, you know, I also think big picture thinking takes good facilitation. Without good facilitation, big picture um, thinking exercises can just kind of devolve often (laughs) into a feeling of helplessness, right? Again, nonprofits always work on the hardest issues. That's why we're courageous. And we work on the things that, you know, the marketplace hasn't solved and government agencies haven't solved. They're the hard, complicated, layered problems. And so if you try to have a big picture conversation and not have it facilitated well, I think you can kind of leave feeling like you just want to throw your hands up and there's, you know, how on earth would we ever solve this problem? You're absolutely right. And if you don't have the right information, I mean, if we're thinking about like out of the box, beyond our boundaries, like we really need to have some information and and yet it matters so much. You know, we live in a chaotic world. I mean, we live in a place where, you know, life is not linear in any way. And there's a lot of complexity that big picture thinking helps us to understand and navigate. That is so true. And it's every time I've been a part of a really hearty, good big picture conversation, I leave feeling like the world is maybe a tiny bit less chaotic. So it can be really hopeful, too. Yeah, it does make sense of those facts, stories and other data. It kind of connects the dots in a way that makes our organizations more resilient. So we need to do this because it really helps us to 
strengthen our core so we're better able to operate, you know, in this larger world that we operate in. And, you know, it allows our board members to use the knowledge, skills, experiences, and passion that we recruited them for, right? That if we actually tap into all that goodness they're bringing to our board and let them wrangle with the complexity of the world, they're using their brain so much more. I think you're absolutely right, but maybe you could give us an example, Nancy, so this feels a little real. Yeah, so here's an example, and I'll never forget this. This was a long time ago, but I was in rural eastern Washington, and the Harrington Opera House was there, and it's a beautiful opera house that used to be on the train line, but the train no longer goes through there anymore. And so they came to a a training, the whole board came, and we got talking, I was explaining all this, and they they were talking from a strategic point of view that they finished the roof on this beautiful building. They had raised the money, they had remodeled the roof, and they now needed a new strategic plan. I'm like, yes, absolutely. You know, what are you going to be doing for the next five years or whatever? Oh, but then, you know, money's tight. So we talked through the money side and how would they fund the new work? And did I have grant writing thoughts? And, you know, how could they nip and tuck and make this thing happen? And at that point, I was honestly getting very curious. Like, I understand the train line used to go through here, but what is an opera house doing in rural Washington? How is it able to survive? What role does it play? So then I started to ask, tell me about Harrington. Oh, well, Harrington is a beautiful town, but it's a dying town, they said. People are leaving and not coming back. Kids go off to college and they don't return home. And businesses are going out of business every year. And the the town is getting smaller. But the opera house is the center of the town, they said. This is where people gather. This is where we have our potlucks and our dances and our musical performances. And this is the center of our town. It's culturally very important. And so that's why the opera house matters. And they just lit up when they were talking about it. Right. And that's the big picture, right? It's like kind of breaking it down finally to what's at the core of this and why does it matter? It's a great example of what what the big picture question is. Definitely. So I think the first thing I think about in terms of helping people to think about big picture thinking is just asking different questions. It's not a transactional line of questioning, like what should we do to raise more money or how should we plan our programs for the next five years? I think it really is getting outside. I mean, when I asked, tell me about Harrington, what is the role of an opera house in a small rural town? We're getting at existential questions that aren't that binary, yes, no, here's the solution. We're asking questions where there are not easy solutions. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting, Nancy, because I am realizing that it can be really helpful for an organization to do this big picture thinking work first before sort of in anticipation of some organizational, maybe more transactional decision down the line. Like, are we going to do a fundraising effort or are we going to change our programs, right? And so if you as a a nonprofit radio show listener can be thinking eight steps ahead to knowing that, oh, I feel like by next fall, we're going to have a hard decision to make then it's really interesting to think backwards to these big picture questions you're asking as a way to kind of bring the board along so that when it is time to make a decision, they actually can. Mm, I just think about the passion that these Harrington board members had for their building once I drew that out of them. 
they're going to have such an easier time raising money if they can share that passion with potential donors, right? Yeah. So like, give me an example of some of the different questions you might've asked. So I might ask in the case of whether or not we should do something, I might ask, what are all the alternatives? So not just should we do it, yes or no, but let's lay out the five different alternatives and explore that. You might ask, you know, what are the decisions that we need to make? Not what is, how are we going to decide one specific decision, but let's lay out all the various decisions we have and, and how we might go about making those decisions. Another question I love, and I ask this all the time, what problem are we trying to solve? You know, people come to me and they need either consulting help or a curriculum or whatever. And I, I'm often like, okay, I'm trying to wrap my mind around what is the actual problem, right? Because we can come up with a better solution if we really deeply understand the problem. Absolutely. Now, those are great questions. I mean, another question that as we look at the diversity of people around us, what perspectives would help us to think about this issue would be helpful, right? That that we might want not just our board members chiming in, but maybe the people impacted by this or other people. Right. Because big picture thinking sometimes, well, hardly ever, right, is one conversation. It's the leading in then to the future conversations where you can report back on what you've heard from others or bring them in to actually talk to you. And finally, I love going upstream because we're dealing often with kind of the end of the food chain problems. You know, people, for example, are experiencing homelessness or kids don't have a place to play or whatever it is. And so you can just keep going back and back and back. You know, where are the kids, you know, for the rest of the day? Why don't they have a place to play? What's going on with their families, their schools, their communities? You just keep going back up the food chain, so to speak, go upstream in order to understand what's causing the situation that we're now in a position of solving. And again, that big picture question, dialogue, conversation that you're having, they'll help you frame those specific monetary or strategic conversations that you're going to have to deal with next. So the next thing that I I love to think about is how do we get comfortable with ambiguity? Like, how do we get comfortable with not having the answer? I, I love thinking about like the sandbox of ideas. So honestly, think about a child in a sandbox with a bunch of toys and, you know, making a castle, pushing the castle over, making something else, having the dinosaur fight the, you know, the teddy bear, whatever it is. Like you're just having fun and nothing is permanent. And all of it is just kind of in this space of creativity. Well, and and again, I think this is a moment where good facilitation comes into mind, right? How to get a group who's used to coming to votes and decisions and moving rapidly through a, an agenda to have the headspace in a meeting to do the sandbox playing that you're talking about. Uh, that, that's an art. Right. And having someone who keeps coming back and reminding people as much as it is important to be efficient and to make progress and to have votes. If we're going to actually make real change in our world, we also have to slow down and have this reflective time. So who on your board is going to be the one to say, yes, we do need to be efficient. And we also have to pause and have deep and meaningful conversations. Now, I think to do any of this, we need to practice it. That I was talking with one consultant and she was telling me that we really need to 
practice inconsequential conversations so that we are ready to go when we have consequential conversations. So practicing staying in the question and not getting to answers, playing in the sandbox and being comfortable knocking over your sandcastle. You know, the equivalent would be coming up with a solution and being comfortable saying, you know what, that's not the solution for us now. We're going to, you know, not do that and rethink this whole situation. Doing this work and having that facilitation, that takes practice. Mm, I love that idea. And it actually makes me think of like maybe actually doing a little warm up exercise with your board. Like if you're about to go into a big picture conversation about your mission or, you know, something related to your organization, maybe you need to have a an icebreaker or warm up that just unleashes those curiosity that isn't about, you know, that's, that's something easier, something that I, you know, we all could feel comfortable with so that we then we're in the right flow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that part of this ties into your culture, right? That you might have a, a board culture or an organizational culture where I remember being with one board and every time somebody started to go down a rabbit hole, you know, or so anytime they started going on and on and on about like, all the various things and losing focus, they actually had a stuffed animal squirrel and they would throw the squirrel at the board member. And that that's just one example of they built a culture of of humor to keep to keep practicing how to how to move forward as an organization. That's great. Good idea. What's our word of the week, Nancy? Well, it's kind of two words, right? B big picture. I think that I love this notion of of thinking about the big picture. Because if you think literally about a picture, you imagine like a big mural on the wall. You're really zooming out the camera to see what's on either side of what you're focused on. So while we're looking at this thing in the middle, there's all this other stuff happening. And so it just changes the scale. And that helps us to make meaning of whatever it is we're talking about. Mm, so good. I don't know my artists well enough, but there's an artist I know who is known for taking, like, you could look just at one tile in a mosaic, and it has a an image or a picture in it. And then when you put 20 of them together, it's a whole different landscape, right? And I, I feel like that is such a great analogy for nonprofit work. We're often in that one tile and, and there is a solid whole picture in and of itself, a, you know, a beautiful piece of art right there. <laughs> but sometimes we need to look bigger and then see that, wow, what we're doing in this space is part of a bigger whole. Um, and when we see that bigger whole and the picture that that creates, we start to think about how do we want to partner, expand, grow, shrink, like what's the right thing for us in this bigger context? I love that. I think about those big like Spanish mosaics or, you know, I, it, you absolutely, it looks entirely differently yeah. when you, when you span out, right? Yeah. Well, you're trying to achieve a lot, and so it may feel hard to slow down and think about the larger context in which you're working. Yet when you do, you unlock the power of tapping into your board's fullest potential. You become more resilient as you understand trends happening upstream from your work. You will be entering a space of creativity and curiosity, which can only help you to do your job better. You got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show today. Tell your friends about the Nonprofit Radio Show and follow us on your favorite podcast app. Visit nonprofitradioshow.com for tips, tools, and free resources for nonprofits. 
The show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks in partnership with the Nonprofit Learning Center, delivering learning and innovation to help nonprofits thrive. Our production team is Steve Fonslet and Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. We always love to hear from our listeners. We're inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities. Mm-hmm.